Good afternoon, good inta, good night, good zinta, you good y'all. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. This is my co-fell, Fish K King, the schmuck, the asshole, whatever you want to call me. Uh, it's awesome today because we actually have a guest on a show. Old friend of mine, we used to do a podcast together on a different network. It was I don't remember if it was ABC or CBS, um, but uh, my buddy, uh, Jake Brown, and he, we went in two divergent directions. I went into Star Wars cards. He went into NFTs at Top Shot. Boy, do I wish I listened to him. Um, not that I haven't done well, but God, uh, was did I get it wrong on Top Shot? So we're going to talk about the Top Shot journey right now um, and NFTs and whatever today. So this is my guy, Jake. What is up, man? It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's a not-so-beautiful day down here in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, the new location. Did you go to a basketball game? Yeah. Did I see, did I see that? How was it? How was it to actually go to a game? It's a, it was a little weird. Now I believe they have twice the capacity. I went to a 25% game. I think they might be up to 50% now. Right. Um, but my oh, voice right. carries. So like, I don't know. Oh, I would be, I would be afraid. I, I think I saw a couple tweets where you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get perma bands. Like, again, I didn't know you were in New Orleans. I thought you might've been, uh, Jake used to work events in Philadelphia. So I don't know if you were actually in Philly working or you were in, in New Orleans watching. I, I don't know. I like, I have no interest in going to a game. I, I really no. don't. I, I don't like, I don't have interest in leaving my house. So, um, you know, paying a fortune to go to, I mean, it's New Orleans. So I, I'm assuming the, the seats are still cheaper. I mean, the, the, the game's getting, I mean, the team's much better, but my God, I used to look at seats down there and be like, I could fly to New Orleans and yeah. sit pretty close. And it'd be almost the same as what Sixers prices were getting to. So. Yeah, I can still probably go in theory once courtside comes back to like two two to one courtside ratio to like a Sixers game versus a Pelicans game, maybe even three to one at times for price. Yeah, I think that's what that's what's killed me with Sixers games. Just the idea of, you know, where we, we used to be able to sit for the price. And now it's like, OK, so I've got to sit 10 rows back and pay double. Eh, I'll watch it from home. Um, you know, I can if, if you ever go back to working up there we're gonna get albert in we were never able to get russell my other bulldog into the game which was my dream um oh yeah i, I mean I, but I, I that's my dream is to bring my bulldog to a sixers game like i don't want to go by myself but if i bring my bulldog we're in um anyway anyway that's that's <laughs> if anybody ever listened to us before and we're gonna go beyond our normal we're gonna do a jurassic wax and then we're gonna do a whatever jake and i do which is we talk about everything and anything and we'll probably do Two podcasts. So the first, what we're going to talk about now is Top Shot and NFTs. So I want the first one thing is like, when did you hear about Top Shot? And what was your initial, like, how did you get into it? Because I know I talked with you a little bit about it initially. And um, like I said, I went the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I mean, because everything is uh, transparent, I'm not, you know, the first thing I did was I bought a random Top Shot at three in the morning, a little bit stoned. Um, for $3 because it came across my Twitter feed as a targeted ad and I didn't know what it was. What, but like, give me a time frame. Is this January 3rd at okay. like three and a half? Right. Yeah. And then uh, about a week later, I think they sent me an email that was like, Hey, you haven't logged in in a week. And I was like, Oh, what's this? So about the 10th or 11th is when I really jumped in and, and bought a couple things. Um, I mean, okay. So, I mean, the 10th to the 11th, it, it's again, I, it, this whole time it's going to be me. I don't have, um, envy or any of these things other than I feel stu stupid because well, I loved NFTs before anybody knew what they were called NFTs. And there was a reason why I didn't go into Top Shot. And it was just my skeptical nature of 
the way that they were, their marketing push, which actually turned out to be fantastic. They leveraged influencers and stuff. And um, so again, I don't want to interject, but so the 10th, yep. you log back in, you spent $3 and now it's the 10th. And now I'm, I'm logging back in what actually happened because most people who are familiar with Top Shot are aware of, you know, Jonathan Bales writing his article, which was, I think, about three or four days after that. Um, but a few days before he put out the article about purchasing the first over $25,000, I think it was a $35,000 right. uh, John Morant, I saw him in the lobby. His name was popping up. So I messaged him to talk to him and just right. find out like what. So he actually kind of was like, hey, remember that stuff I had told you in the past about, you know, digital art? Um, and NFTs. And I had done minimal research on it. I thought the art aspect was kind of corny for someone like me, but I wanted to know what an NFT was. So I was aware before I was purchasing these things. Um, And I kind of piggybacked on him that first day and saw that he was buying up every LaMelo Ball rookie for like 100, 150 bucks. So So for those who don't know, Jonathan Jonathan Bales, he's an author, a famous, he was a DFS player, um, he, he helped build a site called, what was it? Fantasy labs, which was eventually sold to uh, Mark Cuban's company. Um, so again, super smart guy, um, takes risks against the grain and has been very fortunate. I, you know, it's in life, you have to be smart and lucky and he's been both. And, um, you know, so you have to, so it's smart. I mean, the idea of saying, Hey, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with telling somebody who's smart and lucky. Uh, that, that yeah. seems to make sense. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I, at the time, I just wanted to make sure it was him because the username in the marketplace just pops up as Bales. And he said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of speculatively doing it. I, I didn't go super heavy. I mean, in total, Mike, I, I only invested about two and a half grand. Right. So I can I mean, only imagine if I had. Mean, <laughs> listen, at the same time, I'm, you know, I, I, I invest in crypto and, and I was doing the same thing. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like two and a half grand on something that you feel like literally could just, you could be setting on fire. It's not a little amount of money. I mean, everything... So I get it, like, yeah. uh, especially in this world. So I, I just, I kind of developed my strategy early. That first day was just, okay, he's buying LaMelo Ball for 100, 150 bucks. I'm going to buy Tyrese Maxey for three to $8. Okay. Because there's no way a LaMelo Ball is worth 20 times a Tyrese Maxey. And I, I turned out to be right in the short term when at the points that we both sold a bit, um, obviously LaMelo went crazy before the injury as well. But uh, after that, I didn't talk to him so much. I, I kind of watched the marketplace. He gave me the link to Crypto Slam, which your, your okay. listeners probably are aware of, where you can track. I'm not, all the, uh, I, I mean, again, it's a... NFT collectibles, CryptoSlam.io, um, every transaction. So I kind of looked at what people were doing. I studied it a little bit, um, kind of made up my own strategy, if you will, um, valuing were you, but were you selling much initially? Were you, you weren't selling at all? Cause I just wonder what are you like, you know, with sports cards and other stuff, like I'll buy and flip to bigger, right? So I buy a $50 card, sell for a hundred, buy a hundred dollar card, flip 200. Were you, or were you just purely accumulating? Oh, I was, I was flipping and accumulating and everything. I don't, right, I don't do both. know. The stuff you really believe in, you don't sell. Right. But well, no, I did. I mean, I could, for me, I'm working off of like, you know, a stock background at this point. And if I'm buying a rookie for $25 and a week later, that card's $125, I'm selling that $125 rookie. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, I, I trust and they went to 400 I'm, or so. I'm dealing like, with this, the, the same shit right now with, with uh, yeah. Star Wars, which is, you know, I buy something for, if I get a deal for 50 bucks and somebody offers me 200 the next week, like, uh, but like what I try to do is I try to buy two, right? Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, I sell one. I'm at, I'm completely, it's like, you know, I'm pure and in the profit and I'm holding an asset. 
So, so funny, funny you should mention that um, with Top Shot before I, I didn't sell anything down to beyond one car. At the beginning, right. I actually thought I couldn't afford to do any of the challenges that they had up because they were okay. all things that were like a couple thousand bucks and I hadn't grown it yet. So I just tried to get one of everybody in the base set at the time, right. the base set two when it first started, thinking that might be a challenge. So as I accumulated people and had everyone, I would never sell down beyond one like you. So if it went up four or five X, okay, I'd sell three of the five that I have. And then if it went up another three X, okay, I might sell another one, but I'm, so I'm holding that last one. Give me a sense of the very first uh, top shots that you, I want to continue through the journey, but I just want a question of like the first ones that you bought, what are they, what did they go for that day? And what would they sell? What did they sell for at their peak? And what do they sell for today? So if you probably want to like maxi or whatever, any, yes, any. it was maxi and Cole Anthony, honestly, I probably about six bucks was the average price I paid for them. Okay. Uh, at their peak, I don't get probably about 400 for the maxi, maybe 500 for the Anthony. Okay. And right now probably back down all the way to maybe a hundred, 150. Okay. So, I mean, that's a still 15 X from, Oh, the buy point, again, if you're but, selling stuff you know. and you're, and you're, um, you know, that, like uh, that's my biggest concern with, with the stuff that I'm doing right now is I don't want to be stuck, like balancing the two things. You don't want to sell everything and you don't want to be stuck with all the inventory when, the, when things go down. So it's important to take profits. You want to do, be smart about it, of course. But like, again, that's, I just want to give people a perspective of, hey, things went up 80x. And, um, you know, so I'm assuming, can you give me any other inflection points along the way of like, what, yeah. were there any other big shifts for you? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that when I was really helping other people and kind of trying to come up with my own strategy, because I was a bit like you, very turned off by the influencers who jumped in after the Bales article, like a couple weeks after me and, and started pumping every aspect of it um, and just saying, bye. I wanted to go, okay, everyone's making money right now, but I want to get the best return. So I looked at, because these things are moments where it's, you know, one play right. and that play may be the same play across two or three or even four different sets, a rare, a legendary, you know, right. I would look for the comparisons, basically viewing the moment as the same. And this is a conversation we had where I, I asked you how it worked with cardboard. And if something was one of 10 versus one of 50 versus one of a thousand, right. but it was it's, the same card. And we had that conversation. You kind of said so with cardboard, it was a little bit even more exponential favored towards the higher serials. Like it would be more than a five to one ratio from 50 to 10. Yes. Uh, yes. So I would always look for situations where it wasn't even that ratio. Like it was much lower than that ratio. And sure enough, I mean, I don't, I don't know at the time because a lot of people were tuning in and, and checking out what I was saying. So definitely there were people who have gone on to, who had huge followings, who put some of the stuff out there, but it really did work buying the serial comparisons across the moments. Um, so noticing that the one that only had, you know, a thousand versus the one that had, you know, hit, you know, what's 4,000. Yeah, or... I, I mean, uh, yeah. So basically you were, you were working the ratios, but you were also, were you, but were you leaning towards the rare? Would you? No. Would you go the other way? Like if you thought the, you know, the one of 50 was underpriced and the one of 10 was overpriced, or was it more the other way? You were always looking to the, the more rare. Um, I was, I was just looking, I kind of did a cost average of what the whole set that had, it was across um, at that point, I think it was the metallic gold and uh, the base set. And, and sometimes the two base sets themselves Right where you had you know a one of one thousand and a one of three thousand and you're not a rookie, right. so um, you know kind of kind of just figuring out the values there. Now what shifted that was when they decided to talk about badges. I don't know if you're aware of 
of the badges no. that they added. Again, I know I really have done nothing with Top Shot. Yeah. So they they leaked they leaked that they were doing this probably a couple of weeks after I started, maybe a full month, maybe early February. Um, and said that they were going to be adding rookie badges. They were going to be adding the first moment badges, a couple others that were a little bit misconstrued and are slightly different now, uh, but basically a designation that goes on the moment um, that says this is their first top shot moment. This is their rookie year. Okay, I got you. I, I, like I... So what was really interesting for me and we're Sixers fans, and it's actually probably true right now, uh, Joel Embiid, you know, in season one, his two common cards, you had his first moment, and then you had his rarer card. These are both commons. One's out of like a thousand, the other's out of 2,500. So the question, and it still remains to be seen as utility is a conversation to be had in a bit, but which of those is worth more? The one that there's only a thousand of or the one that there's 2,500 of, but there's a designation that says that was the first one. That's, I mean, that's hard. That's hard to say. I mean, it really, I mean, the, the answer is, is if, if the first one was truly the first one, Meaning they're, I, I, I can tell you in cards, like Panini gets lazy and they'll use the same picture twice, right? Yeah. But that the, if it's the rookie cards, the rookie card doesn't matter. Yeah. So like the, it doesn't matter if the second year is more rare, the rookie card is always. Um, sure. The rookie again, card. Yeah. So these aren't rookies. But, but yeah. if you're, I mean, again, I don't know the, the, the world to speak like, again, you know, I collect Russ. Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, Russ's second year, even I have one of a, a, a super rare tops Chrome. It's like, it's, it's worth, you know, it's out of, I think 500, but it's not worth as much, man. I'm, I'm now I'm thinking it through. Yeah. I, what, what I'm getting at is with what I ended up doing was not deciding one way or the other on that. Right. Right. But just looking at which cars were extremely swung in one way versus the other because they were right. staying pretty close on average. So I would look at that as a misprice if either one was much differently priced. And sure enough, until they actually added the badges, they traded about the same price. Okay, and then what happened and after they added the badge? I believe the 2500 is now more expensive with the badge because people are thinking the badge will have some utility. Yeah, I mean, utility, again, I know that's a different thing. But I, yes, yeah. listen, the market, de the market decides, right? Yes. That's... That's the thing about anything that's collectible, anything that doesn't have true, true utility, right? The market just, we all get together and have this collective agreement that this is, this is worth more than that, right? Yeah, well, it's not even, I mean, that's also where um, some of the influential stuff comes in because a lot of stuff that the subsets are things that they would talk about on shows that were the things that were onboarding a lot of these people um, right. to this program were getting looked at more, um, which at times was good and at times was bad, but there were people who would argue about the value of who else was in the video, right? Like it's a moment of one player, but you know, you're all sorts of opinions and but no one actually had a clue, that, right? But it's, you know, it's not, um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, no, well. no, I agree. I agree. Cause you, it's funny. Cause you, you bring that up because it made me think about there's a card. So LeBron's rookies, 2003 in 2008, he has a, he, he has a card where he's doing the chalk toss where he's talk, tossing up. That, that is now probably his second most valuable card. So it's his fifth year, but it's the picture. That year, also Kobe's card, right? Kobe was a rookie in 1998. This of a base card, it's probably the second most expensive card because LeBron's guarding him. So if you uh -huh. see the picture of it, it's iconic um, of LeBron guarding Kobe. So like, I don't think that that's wrong 
thinking, I mean, again, it's like, is LeBron on the bench or is LeBron the guy getting dunked on? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that matters. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I mean to say with that is that, you know, we didn't know how it was going to be valued because we didn't know the type of people that were going to be coming into the space. Was it going to be basketball fans? Was it going to be art fans? Oh, was it sure. going to be, so what I meant, I, I didn't mean this in a, any contempt, but everyone came up with their own ideas that weren't based in any analytic, but opinions of what people would value and what none of us really accounted for. And what helped me a little bit because I'm kind of a dickish critic was that this is a centralized thing. And what's going to determine the value is the decisions made by the company. Not really us, because they're going to shift uh, whether 1,000 versus 2,500 is still super rare if they, you know, or, or if you make seven oh, more. That part, I, I mean, I guess I was talking about more yeah. apples to apples, right? Like yeah. if you had, uh, you know, two LeBron moments from the same year and one of them he was dunking over Joel Embiid uh, versus dunking over Matthew Deladova, the Joel Embiid, you know, that one would be a better yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would not say that would be the better NFT unless it was more scarce. If the other NFT no, no, I'm is, saying apples to apples. They're both the same, same number. They're both the exact same. Yeah, thing. well, I, I would still say if it. Let's say they're both serial out of a thousand. If you pull the two hundred number out of the the Delavadova one versus the eight hundred out of the other one, yeah, people value serial number in order it was minted. So I, 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 I agree you know, with it, but it's different I, it's in cards. It's weird because I'm again hearing this. This is exactly what goes on in in other in, in cardboard. And, but the market, people need to move somewhere. The market has to change. Like yeah. something new has to get hot. And like, that's, that's just like the whole concept of, listen, Top Shot was brand new. So everything was hot. Predicting what will be hot in six months in Top Shot is much more complicated, right? Because of that concept. Uh, yeah, on, on the way up, it was easy to find little ways to make, you know, two or three times the return that other people who were winning because everyone was winning were making. So I had a little bit of a jump on people. Um, but I actually got, I, I started selling, but my account value was probably over like 200, it was like 200 grand. Right. And I, you know, I, I will be lucky if I sold everything today for, let's say, 20% less than minimum value because yeah, I'd probably get out like 140, 130 because I sold about a third close to the top. Like I got, I got yeah. a lot. I just had way too many and there were a lot of restrictions, but the reason I started thinking about selling, which is turned out to be true, like, but not even that you can take advantage of it. It just sucks. Um, is all the amount of, you know, you, I look at the players market cap, right. Overall of all their total moments. Right. So if you have eight moments of one player and you have one moment of the other, of another player, that one moment player, when it hits, you know, it, it's not going to be that volatile you have these eight moments that people are trying to decide which is going to be used in a challenge, which would mean we have to liquidate, you know, we don't care about this moment of his because we want this moment more at this, at this time. I mean, I understand what you mean. Like when you sell a top shot moment, there's no marketing involved. You just, it's like a, it's a, I don't want to say a stock, but it's like you put it up for sale. You list the price. Yes. And that's it. Like you don't get, because yeah. eBay is an interesting thing because eBay, you know, Twitter trains you a little bit for eBay. You get 80 characters to describe your product. And I think that if you know how to kind of use those extra 20 characters, you know, 60 of them are, you know, it's like you have to say what it is. But those yeah. 20 characters can make all the difference. It's a marketing thing. Like when you're talking about, hey, LeBron, LeBron in background, like I have sold a bunch of cards because I actually put that in the title. And if you're not able to market it, you're reliant entirely on the community and the talking heads to so right now there is a uh, what is it? it might be like less than 40 bucks i think it's the pj washington cool cat it's like 40 bucks it was like 300 at its peak 
it's basically a LaMelo ball assist the whole play. The play follows LaMelo, right. he throws it up, and, you know, has a great dunk to finish it. But it's like, if you, like you said, if you, you, know, if you could market that a little bit different, um, it's, that's an interesting thing. What I was going to comment on when hearing you say eBay was a couple people sold on eBay and a couple people did auctions and through auction houses that were big. Um, that, that almost seemed like stealing candy from a baby because you're going to have people bid what it is that day. So you have a full week of spikes because people just wanted to get in and you can't take out your bid once it crashes 40% three days later. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, 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 that eBay has a whole problem with that. Yeah. Like, well, Top Shot was talking about auctions um, as a potential thing and, and thinking about it. I, I don't know how, how great that would be. I mean, it'd be, I guess, good for the sellers. Uh, um, I mean, scary. Again, it depends on how long you want the auctions for. Yeah. Auctions have their own. I mean, in their ecosystem, it will work really well. But, it, but here, I'll, let me let me take you through the Top Shot stuff a little bit, just just okay. in, a, in a quick lightning, um, because the big thing was also the availability of buying packs early on was you could buy a, a $9 pack. Right. And the EV of, of just that or a $14 pack, sorry, the EV of the $14 common pack at the peak, if you had never opened it for $14, would have been like $600. Gotcha. So, I mean, it was getting a pack was printing money. Yeah. And I got a couple of those packs and then I got the season two packs because I only had a, like a day of getting those and I didn't have much money in there. Um, and those packs were pretty good. Those are the things that are, you know, 12 and 15,000 mints. Um, the thing now is, is that in this current series where it's much harder to get a pack, Right. So it's the hardest it's ever been to get a pack. You're sitting in lotteries forever or not forever. You're sitting in queues yeah. in a queue. And if you don't get your number, you leave, which is great. If they, t- they show your number, if there's 30,000 packs and I'm number 97,000, I'm not wasting my time. Like I had to early on when they had all these issues. So they really smoothed out the pack buying efficiency. But what they haven't done is made packs available to everyone um, until this last drop with the legendary pack, where if you missed it and stayed in the queue until your number you could buy one of the $9 common packs, which at this point probably have an EV of like 27. I don't know. I don't want to get it wrong because I don't know what the, there aren't top end cards anymore. So probably in the twenties would be the EV because most are five to 40 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, listen, it's, it was a phenomenon to watch from the outside. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, from a lot of perspective, right. Well, I, because yeah. when you don't have skin in the game and I, and I really did not have FOMO because like, again i'm a different person i used to would have had envy and whatever i'm so happy for you and everybody who made a bunch of money and um but like to watch not yourself but there were a lot of people who maybe didn't get in when you got in but were so drinking the kool-aid that it was hard to to like have a reasonable conversation um yeah about it so again there are some things that if people don't know about top shot is like so Jake was talking about the fact that it was hard to get packs. So everybody was, you know, trying to get in the queue for packs. And then it got to a point where, okay, people, it ran up and people wanted to sell. But they couldn't get their money. Um, so how long, what, walk me through the process when you decide, hey, I would like some of my money. What happened? Oh, that was about 10 days in. Right, like of when course. I, when my account value hit $10,000 off of a couple thousand, I was like, cool, let me get my 2,500 out. And that's all I'll take out and play with this fake money, you know? So I went to do that and it said, okay, we have to verify your identity. I said, okay, click the button on the computer. This is, you know, week into January, two weeks into January. I did a background check thing where they, I guess they you know, scanned my face, yeah, scanned yeah, my license, again, all it's, that stuff. It's KYC, know your customer. KYC. So they KYC yeah. me up and uh, it's like, okay, uh, when can I 
withdrawal. And there was like a very vague, like it could take up to eight weeks, four to eight weeks, then they changed it to 30 days. Um, but when they changed it to 30 days was, was a huge mistake, obviously, right? Because they, and they had one person, like this is a fact, they had one person processing this stuff in their payroll. Um, which when I joined, there was 900 people, it wasn't tons of money. By the time, you know, three, four weeks later, after the, two weeks after the Bells article, the first of February, certainly, there were thousands of people on every day, probably about 10,000. And you still had this one person. So the, what I actually am still angry at them about, you know, they, sorry, we, we misjudged that, was uh, when they got that huge amount of money and the investment coming in from outside, they didn't just make that their number one priority. For a, no, they, they did this I last mean, week. I, like, again, I finally, I, I I finally, I finally just got paid because no one knows this, that this is breaking news. I finally got my money a couple of days ago. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about three months after you asked for your money. For- a, little, a little more than two from when they set the guide. Basically, their guidelines were 30 days and then two weeks. And it took, from that point, it took about 60 days and three and a half, four weeks. So, yeah. Gotcha. Was not I idea. mean, listen, I have here's opinions here's on that. that. To me, that was, that. I mean, that's where really where uh, I was like my, my experience. Say- I have to say this for, you know, my experience was not the typical experience. Most people who joined a week or two after me, including the touts that ever people who are now touts who I onboarded to it, right. you know, they, uh, they got paid well before me. So there is a part because I was making early YouTube videos every morning at 6am before day trading and I, I, that I made private by now, but each morning I go on top shot for an hour and just stream my experience, right? Like zoom, share screen, show what right. I was doing, strategize. And rip them for what were obvious mistakes. The first couple of weeks, there were things that, you know, made them look like they were really, really, really going to be Skype to this Zoom platform or Yahoo to Google. Like, yes, you have this great idea, but you're just really not, not doing anything right. They started making the changes. Like a lot of the things I'd say a couple of days later, they would change and be like, okay, I can't really complain about this. But then, then this X, Y, Z would happen. So there was a lot of back and forth that was negative. And I, and I would say in January, after, you know, the Bales did his thing. Aside from that crew, until February, there were a, a hell of a ton of people I was interacting with on a regular basis, 20, 30 DMs. And when, did, when did it peak? When was the absolute February peak? 22nd? Is that the, the top? I think I, that, that date sticks again, out. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, I mean, again, you're talking, I'm just talking relatively speaking. So we're talking six weeks ago. How precipitous has the drop been? Has, was there like, when you say, so it's down what, about 70%, 60, 70% from top? I would say any, well, here's the thing. For the high, know, high it's not end ubiquitous. I get well, no, 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 things. But, but more importantly, for the high, high end moments, the people that can afford those can also afford to sit through $30,000, $40,000 losses in a dip because right, they right. have 5X, 6X returns from crypto. So the, the legendary cards, which I only own one of, um, did not really, haven't shown a dip because they haven't had sales of low, right? Right, they exactly. Their, uh, but but most other things, probably about from the highs, certainly sixty percent minimum. The ninety in some cases from the highs. From right. That I, day, mean, yeah, day. I mean, again, if you're buying if you're buying garbage, right? Yeah. If you're buying the third guy, you know, the a second round pick rookie and overpaying for it, it's going to be worthless when the guy is you know suddenly out of the league, um, and you you know well, you're speculating. The 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 value of these things long, and I I don't believe in these things long, by the way. Um, but no, I, I, I actually I, I heard, get to that, but yeah. heard great arguments from people who do, um, who, you know, there are good arguments and there are horrible arguments to say that it will be long. And most of what gets put on Twitter is the dumb stuff. 
but there are people that go out there and, and form educated opinions. I have a hard time believing that when we return from a post-COVID world, non-utility NFTs are going to be something that are going to have that much volume. That, and when there's low volume, prices sink. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I want to go back That's one right. step first because I want to just go back to the payout yeah. uh, thing for right. a second. Then we'll get into NFTs and the long-term thing. My opinion on the payout thing was it was purposeful, right? I, I, I don't... Well, I think I, I was targeted. That's, I guess, what I was getting at personally as well. I know... Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, the, you know, people are saying, oh, they're trying, they're trying, they're trying. It's bullshit. You're a crypto bullshit. company and KYC, I'm telling you, I, I am a trade on 10 different exchanges, KYZ, if you have money, um, it, it's instantaneous and it's crypto. So you might have said, hey, we can't send your, your money in, um, in in U.S. dollars, but if you want Litecoin or, or, or some other crypto, we can send it tomorrow. Um, if they were having problems. So that was, again, if you want to tell me, hey, a week, sure. But you were making, they were making millions and they were printing money. Um, so to so me- here's they, the interaction. I want to talk about that because this is, this is where they deserve criticism and where I'm still sour about my experience with them in the long run was because I was gaslit every time I'd noticed something. So I made the complaint that no one could withdraw. Um, and I'm looking at a Darren Rovell tweet from January 24th pumping top shot. And my, all I tweeted back, like literally was no one can withdraw, right? So their number three at Dapper, Usman, who's done great stuff in the last couple months, decided to reply to that to defend the brand, I guess, and just gaslit the shit out of me with what you just said. He said, it's not weird to have to wait to be able to be approved for withdrawals. If you understand the crazy, if you understand the crazy legal complexities of the fiat or crypto worlds coming together, but of course that's not something most people are or should need to be familiar with. But I assure you, plenty of people cash out and are being added as we support staff to catch up on the backlog of issues. Okay. I think what did I respond with? No, I mean, it's not complicated. I responded that the volume part makes sense. Don't bury the lead with bullshit. Like, you're, it's because and, you have and one. Don't onboard a gazillion more customers and take their money. You, yeah. you can't have it. It's not, the, it's not the legal complexities of fiat and crypto that I waited, you know, three months to get paid when I passed KYC. No, no. They, but they but that was the, at the beginning, they, they were they, really just lying to us. So <laughs> I, was I think so essentially, in my opinion, from the outside, they did an, an amazing, from a business perspective, forget the customer. They oh, yeah. executed a marketing plan where they got with influencers, who I'm assuming some got in on the ICO, had some, you know, uh, you know, contractual things to buy some stuff or to be involved. I'm not sure exactly how I would have done it. It's how I would have done it. Um, so that, you know, influencers were involved. Great move. I know tons of influencers they contacted. It worked. It's part of the, it's the reason I didn't get involved because I smelled, uh, uh, you know, a rat, but they were, it wasn't a rat. It was just modern marketing is, is the real truth. Um, but, you know, and then they got a big, they were working on a big investment deal, right? So they couldn't, they're not going to take the steam out of this thing while they're about to close a few hundred million dollar investment. And then once that it was a little out of the bag and they didn't want to, you know, got out of hand. And, they, and then, then they, they, they just couldn't, they, they couldn't do anything about it um, because the market would crash. And, and that's what happened. I mean, the market only pumped because people couldn't take their money. In. I mean, that's not, not pumped from, it would never have hit those highs if people could have taken money in. Sure. It's, 
I don't know who I was. I, I mentioned on podcast I did previously, like I was on a riverboat in a casino in, uh, in Illinois when I was 21 years old. And we went out on the, or you had to go actually leave the shore. I won two grand in 10 minutes. And was like, I'm out, I'm done. Right. And I'm like, I'll just go eat. And it's like a four hour cruise. And it's like two yeah. hours later, I'm back at the craps table. I lost all my money. Like it's just, that's the way it works. It's nice to think that people would just cash out and be like, I'll get my money when I can. That's just not what it, if you, if you have that fake money, you're going to, and you see it going up, you, you're going to put it in play. So, I mean, is that your, your experience? Do you believe? That yeah, that, that, that definitely, ha- I mean, it happened. I, I realized that I kind of did a self-evaluation, realized this isn't wise and got, you know, about 30% of it out um, when things were really good. But yeah, that happened to me for sure. I mean, when, when I first saw the account hit a hundred grand, right? 50x return in my mind i'm like let me get this all out and invest it in the market or something i'm more familiar with that's less right, volatile. Or get 80 percent of it out right i mean like I just leave I mean, yeah leave five rookie moments that are valuable or whatever so that, that's always been my thing is i never want to be all the way out because i've you know paid myself back many many times over so for me you know i'm just leaving one of everything so to speak like one a couple of rookies a couple low serial numbers a couple of funny serial numbers just different things that people think are going to be the valuable points to buy up first. I'm right. just I mean, basically if somebody came in and said, listen, you can only keep 20% of your collection. What are you keeping? Right. Like, and you just, I mean, that's, it's the same way I approach cardboard. It's like, I would probably keep a, if we're, if you're going long, I would keep the best. I, I would probably keep some of last year's rookies. No, well, well, I mean, I get it. Well, I get that. I meant more of like, if, if at the peak you were forced to say like, if you could have sold, you would have sold the 80% of your collection and the 20% yeah, yeah. you would have kept was, hey, you know, that, that mentality of, uh, you know, you have to you can only choose yeah. one and five things to keep. Um, and, then, and then that's what you end up with. But again, it fed itself, right? Because you couldn't get your money out and everything was running up. So why would you, you know what I mean? Why would you just leave it in a balance instead of- uh, In a balance you can't money? use anywhere else. Right, it's not like Dapper has another product you can use it on. I mean, uh, why couldn't they give you a fucking built? They own their own token called Flow Token. Why couldn't they pay you in Flow Token? Jesus, not right. I don't think it's like I don't think you can get it. Buy it in America. No, I don't think you can either. But that's like that's. Well, then what is Flow Token? <laughs> like it's. I have no idea. You, you mean, tell me. Well, it's it's meant to be its own NFT chain, right? Which means it's basically its own blockchain that 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 makes sure these are all unique which is fine and good, but you can't use it in America. And you right now, so we can get into about NFTs, which is, again, I this is where I diverge. I love NFTs. I don't know about Top Shot. And, and NFTs in the short term, I think, are disaster. So, um, so when, I, when you say NFTs, right, because I've said the same sentence to probably everyone who's ever talked about NFTs in real life, which is tons of people these days after Top Shot. Basically, you know... I don't believe that here's yeah. I don't believe that any digital art that comes out in 2021 will have a high in 2022 that's higher than the 2021 digital art with no utility. Okay. I believe and that's, that's, that's there are tons that's, of what I would say to that is I understand what you're saying. I think that you know 99.9% that'll be accurate. I think there'll be some outliers. I think there'll still be some things that right now nobody knows about, and there'll be because the market's not going to die. Um, Again, when people talk about NFTs, that's exactly the problem. They talk about NFTs like it is one thing, a collectible. 
Um, so, so the collectible NFTs, like, and I, I even think there were a couple of the guys, you know, who were pumping Top Shot that I wasn't thrilled with, who bought the uh, Euler Beats, the music thing. Uh, those were pretty cool. There, there are some. I was going to ask you, do you own any other NFTs? So I actually was able to turn like, I think like one point something Ethereum into four point something over the last three weeks since I stopped really doing Top Shot heavy, just buying and selling stupid shit. Okay. Because if, Again. if you can get into a drop, it seemed like, but I didn't own any. And then I just bought my first NFT with utility a week ago. And I might have a little write up in the paper at some point on it. Um, it was a charity auction for 10 venues. It's actually my avatar on, on Twitter, I think right now. Uh, not, the, not the moving with the music and all that, but it was the 10 independent music venues in America that okay. had been off. Uh, they did a save the stages effort, which was special to me because I was a stagehand at the time. It was a red light effort in September. Um, and now these venues, these 10 venues, this artist from Europe, uh, I think it's young and sick, um, made 10 of these NFTs, one of ones for each venue that move and play music, and then 10 copies of it that don't move and play music, I believe just as the still image right. that are 10. The out of 10s, they had a set price of maybe 700 bucks. And the one of ones went up for auction. And if you won them, the money went to between a decent amount of money went to the venue and the rest went to the independent venue association for all the other venues that weren't getting this bit. And uh, if you won, you got two VIP tickets to every show at that venue for a calendar year and like a swag bag. Gotcha. So I mean, it came with, came with actual, actual utility is an interesting thing yeah. because what it mean is it, it just, it has value beyond that because I mean, I own one NFT and it is a domain. Um, I went to buy a bunch of NFTs and basically the gas fees were too high because I wasn't going to buy something for, you know, I wanted an NFT for $150 and the gas fee was $100. I was like, forget that. Um, so I bought a domain, um, which had, to me, had, like domains are the perfect way to explain um, what an NFT is outside of this lunacy, right? Which is, here is a digital asset, a domain, www.yourmom.com, right? Nobody has anything that proves that it's yours. I own some significant domains. Matter of fact, I'm trying to take my biggest domain and figure out how to turn it into an NFT. And nobody's been able to tell me how to do it um, because I don't want it stolen. And, and I would like to be able to sell it. And then when I sell it, it's a complicated process. So an NFT is it is the digital provenance. It is the receipt. It is the ownership of a digital asset. So, and that's why it's going to change the world, right? Oh yeah, beyond it's yeah, beyond, yeah. NFTs are going to change the that's entire world. What people don't get is that the NF, NFTs are going to change the world, and it has nothing to do with art or nothing to do with well, so that I guess oh, yeah, that's that's where we're pretty pretty in agreement on that, right? Like the the ability for them to replace all sorts of traditional methods of doing things because they're better and more efficient and no more expensive. Uh, I actually think the way that NFTs are going to change the world is that they are, go everybody's going to have a personal NFT, which represents your uh, universal willing privacy policies, cookie policies, so that it's will stop Facebook, Google, YouTube um, from listening to you and um, marketing to you in ways you don't want. And it will flip that upside down. Um, That'd be hella interesting. 
Well, that I mean, that's where to me that's where it's going. Like, I mean, you know, if you use an Ethereum wallet, you see, like it, you see it being used in like um, in contracts and music and all these other areas, right? Where it just makes things easier. And, and well, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, again, people talk about crypto, right? And crypto is ubiquitous. Like they talk about it ubiquitously. Like everything is crypto. It's like saying the internet in 1997, right? There's the internet did a million different things in a million different ways. So NFTs. They, again, they have a lot of proof, but when married with things like smart contracts, um, they get, they get really where you can transfer it. So it's, it's, it's a lot of it's intermingled. Um, you know, people talk about, again, crypto is a complicated topic. I've been spending months on it and I feel like I've just scratched the surface. Um, so, I mean, my, my feeling on, so NFTs, the technology, I think has an amazing future like land deeds, car titles, ins- like insurance. Fair- like, no, you should have none of this shit should be on paper anymore or in an email. It should be in your, in your wallet and transferable. Like, why would I, why would I have a paper car title? Like th- those type of things are, you know, those, all the, those, those things that prove ownership of anything or certificate of authenticity, any of that stuff is going to change. Um, and soon, that's not going to take a long time, in my like not not. I, I, I don't. Year. I really. I, I don't. I don't know. I think. Um, I think crypto is fast heading towards its Netscape moment, its AOL moment, where like people actually go from. And maybe the I can't decide if we're nineteen ninety seven internet or two thousand and two internet. Like you know, gotcha. we at the point where people you know the big problem with the internet initially is people were afraid to use their credit cards. And when people got over that, that's when the internet took off. And I think that we're, we're the you, the first wave of crypto, you couldn't use any of it. You still a lot of shit you can't use. So I think we're in that moment where you're really going to be able to use it, and that there will be that one thing that everybody's going to do with it, and it's not collecting art um, or any. Can I stuff. pick your brain for a second on a sidetrack? Sure. Go right ahead. You know crypto better than me, and I only own four cryptocurrencies at the moment. Do you think the public will, the public like myself, you know, someone who's not well-versed, I'm, I you know, got in a couple weeks ago, um, but uh, the ones that have decently high APYs, like Algorand, right? Showing you a 6% APY. Do you think people will gravitate to that who are no. new and looking for a place to invest or no? No, no, I, I mean, I think, I think, listen, I I, I, again, from an investment cool. perspective, this is a real, and I will tell you, I don't know every coin. I know a little bit about the coin you just talked about. I can't even pronounce its name. Um, but from the yield perspective of people being able to get um, actual interest on currency, right? Again, I, I recently started doing that. Um, I think people underestimate the value of FDIC. Um that, you know, being able to put your money and get interest on something, what, who's the company that's giving it to you? You're getting paid in crypto. Um, the idea of return is, is complicated because of FDIC and because of the relative um, volatility of crypto, because you're going to get paid in interest in the crypto. So if the crypto goes down 10%, but you get paid 6%, it doesn't do you any good. Um, so it's only for super long holds, right? Like, so if, in my opinion, again, I'm not, uh, so like you, you, by the way, you can get six and a half percent right now on, on BlockFi, on Ethereum, Litecoin and Bitcoin. 
So I, I don't, man, this is, we didn't go down. This is a, just a rabbit hole to go down because essentially my biggest concern about Bitcoin is that the Goldman Sachs of the world are going to build derivatives. Um, you know, the greatest thing about Bitcoin is there are only, I think, what, 18 million of them? 21 million. 21 million? Um, 18 million, I think, have been given out. There are still 3 million left. <laughs> Kobe's rookie year was 96, not 98 from like way earlier. I oh, sorry. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yes, you're 100% correct. Um, no, I, but again, the idea of like that is my biggest concern about there are lots. I have a lot to, like, I own more Bitcoin than anything else. Um, well, why don't we, why don't, before we, before we go into the, uh, into the deep, dark aspects of, uh, of every other thing here. Well, so to put a bow on, 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 on Top Shot, right? So the market now, so my feeling on Top Shot long-term, right? Is you got to be able to get it into a, a, a wallet, right? The idea that you can't get it off the site is death and they need to do that immediately. Because my original concern is, I, I remember my tweet was, I love this, it has a fatal flaw. And I'm not going to say what it was, because I'm an asshole. But the, the fatal flaw was no utility in the sense of, there's no way to display this. Like, you can't even display it. Like, there are these, you know, I don't know if you know what Decentraland is, or um, crypto boxes, these, these metaverses, where you're basically, there are NFT art galleries. So you, you could have a home in Decentraland, and, uh, oh, Jake's gone. But uh, you could have a home and then you could display these moments. Yeah, I bought this stupid shit. <laughs> oh, so there is something that's a display. Can you display your NFT? No, no, this is, this is the thing that, I don't know, it was posted on. It's not an NFT. It's just digital art, but he's going the NFT. It shreds itself. It's that, it's like a hundred of them. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to see it. So what, what? But does, it doesn't display NFTs yet, or it will? No, no. I think he. The, I think they do. Um, this was just a piece of art with the preloaded. I got. It you. was his first go. I think he does NFTs now. But there, there are a lot of things like that coming, and it, and and you know yeah. that's where I'm spending. My, but that's that's my that was my fatal flaw with with Top Shot was immediately they need to make it a way so that you do covet it. Like ultimately, to we, you know that's the thing we never talked about is like I think collectors versus investors, and we mentioned that on Twitter is like what I think we were talking about <clears throat> what first, you know, knowing that how are there, are there any collectors um, or is everybody an investor? Yeah. I, and I think in, until you have some questions answered, you can't call yourself a collector because you don't know what you're collecting for. I, I, I agree. And, you know, somebody was getting into the conversation and I don't know them again, they were, they were asking poignant questions. They're like, well, you know, between cardboard and NFTs, like what's, you know, where's the difference between collection and investment? And I can tell you is like, I have cards I won't sell, right? Like I have a card right here. I'll put it on camera. I won't sell. This is a Westbrook 101. Um, I won't sell. Um, the only way I'd sell it is if I needed to eat. And that's not going to happen with Top Shot. That's not going to happen unless you live to 300. You're good. Well, well, no, no, but I meant, I meant like, not, not that, but I meant like, that's yeah. the difference between collections. I've got, you know, uh, so I've got a LeBron one of one right here, right? That's an investment. The right price buys this card. Somebody yeah. walks in here with, I mean, I'm not going to say I wouldn't sell that for any price to Westbrook. Somebody walks in here with $100,000, they can have it. I'll talk to my dead dog about it. He'll be okay with it. But like, it would take such an insane over market value offer to get it from me. That and I think that's the difference between collection and investing. 
Um, and, and I don't think it's 100% one way or the other. Um, but I don't think you can fully say that you're collecting something that's this new because you don't know what your interest is going to be in five years. If they printed 30,000 of everything or 50, you don't know where it's going. Whereas with cards, it doesn't change like, like Top Shot has changed over these two series and releases drastically in different directions at times as they decide. I, I believe they kind of had a plan. It blew up. So it was fuck the plan. Now we need to just adjust on the fly and they're yeah, catching I mean, up. Yeah. They have a little bit. But uh, no, it's just, for me, it's more the fact that we're in season two in theory, but we've really only had this for two and a half months for most people. And uh, I don't know, man, you're, you're talking about a season that's going to be over in a couple months. People I'm, going back I'm, to the world. I just, I don't know what, when you collect something, it's because it's special to you. I don't I know think... that something that came out in the last year and a half, even these digital arts that people are collecting now, when times change... I don't know that you can know you're collecting something that's brand new. Well, I, just, I think collecting has a lot to do with nostalgia and attachment to an emotion. And I don't think anybody has an emotion to something that just came out, right? Like, and that's- If so the Run It Back years, series- 20 years? I got you, I got you. There was a, a series in Top Shot called Run It Back, where they had the two, it was from the 2013-2014 season, I believe. It could be a year off. And they had like, you know, plays from back then. You have Anderson Verajau's in one of them. That's a name that pops off. Go ahead, I'm, I'm here. I'm just uh, so Michael Jordan just, you know, was part of the group that invested in Top Shot. So if all of a sudden you have, you know, the uh, Michael Jordan in Utah, if you have Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue, if you have those as Top Shot mints that are out of 10, sure. But the problem yeah, is- well, again, I think that would, that would be nostalgic. Like, I think there's a lot more to that, right? Like, if, again, if you're, if you're talking you're about my heart- something that just happened this, this season or last season at this moment, no. No, you're not collecting something because you don't know that it's special yet. Well, I mean, again, we're older, so we have, you know, maybe a, you know, a 15 year old doesn't have the, you know, the, the long history. So a dunk from last year means a lot more to them. They're like, oh my God, you remember that dunk? So I agree. But I think the concept of the level of investing and collecting is like upside down versus um, cardboard. Cardboard, I think, I, I do think that uh, you, what you mentioned is how do you know the difference? Like when prices change this much, how do you know the difference? And the answer is, Ultimately, like I said, the only way that I can tell a difference is how, how much over market value you would need to get to sell something is more how much the collector you are. Um, in, in cardboard, they, they, there are things called coffin cards that people say they'll be buried with. I'm not dumb enough to say, like I said, that's my, I have my one card. I don't know what it's worth. It's probably whatever, thousand, two thousand dollars um, $2,000. But again, relation to market value, um, that's, 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 how I think collection versus investing works. There are there I, there are people though that I know that get personal worth out of owning certain cards. Meaning, you know, they bought whatever a LeBron card when it was hundred bucks and uh, bucks. It's five hundred thousand dollars right now, and their net worth is six hundred thousand dollars. They won't sell the card because it's become who they are. Um, hey, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is, and again, it's not something I knew about till uh, before you know, recently, because again, hearing about these people. But so I want to, you know, wrap it up here. We can, we'll, we'll chat more on, you know, whatever the after show, because I want to check on the dog. But like, so your feeling on Top Shot is like, how much, how much do you have left in the account you're holding on to percentage wise? I don't need exact numbers, but if you just say like. If I'm being honest with you, Mike, uh, it would really depend. I, I watched the market cap 
you know, day to day, see what it is each day for the overall site, see what, what direction things are moving. I think we had a small, small bump today after it just, I think six or seven straight day slide. Um, I, I'm flexible because I'm here, which is why the whole collector versus investor thing is interesting. Cause if you were to look at my history, I don't really take bottom dollar and take 40% under and sell them on site. And I still have 700 moments from a peak of, or 770 moments from a peak of 13. So I still kept over 60% of my moments. So I, I do appear to be more of a collector, but I just think that at the time that I was able to sell them because of site issues, because of limits, it took this, it took the wind out of my sale and it was no longer that different to sell at certain I, I, times. So I'm, I'm always an investor. I don't believe I'm a collector well, until I think, something. I, like I said, when we used to talk about DFS. We would say fun and money, right? We'd daily that was me versus you, right? Say, I was in it for the fun. You were in it for the money. But I still think that's just a ratio, right? It's just a like collector investor is just a ratio, right? You're like, you know, I, when it comes to cardboard, I'm, you know, it depends. And it's not ubiquitous. Russell Westbrook, I'm 90% a collector, 10% investor. Um, whatever. LeBron James, flip it, flip it upside down. Right? I'm not. It also depends on, on what you're buying. Um, and it, like, I have bought things with the intent of next week I want to sell this because they have three games and four nights and someone's injured. And that's actually been you know early on when people would have huge games. They get a 10% boost in-game. In on their well, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just projecting, you know, what you sure. think the market's going to be. But I do think one of the things that without there being auctions or offers and stuff, um, and I find this in cards, both buying and selling, is that what people have into a card matters a lot, right? So like, I have a card that right now it's selling for a hundred bucks, but I bought it for 10, right? And I put it up for a hundred. Somebody offers me 50. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, just give me the money. I'm, I'm going to buy more. I'm going to do whatever. I'm like, I'm five Xing my money. So I think that that plays in the top shot too, which is essentially, you know, for you too. It's like, I don't have a lot into this. Forget what it's worth. Oh, right? Well, here's a lot into it. I didn't, I didn't get which way you were going with that because right now, if you were, I believe if you were to check my account on one of the, one of the sites out there, you know, it'll show you that I, I believe I've spent $80,000 on the moments that I have right now in, in Dapper in you know, grinded funds. And they're only worth, you know, 79,000. Like I'm down a thousand dollars. Right. It, and, and I actually got a message. And I'm like, dude, are you down money? And I was like, dude, I, I put 2,500 in and have taken out 70 well, something. That, what do you that, mean? But that's, that's kind of my. But what yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about is this is a, my worst investor. I mean, yeah, I have like a, a Russell Westbrook that's down maybe 70%, you know, from 1,200 to like 400, right? I didn't like, it, I had two of them. I figured I'll sell one of them for the 400 and whatever and keep the other one. What I didn't know if you were getting at just there is, let's say I only had one and I put 1,200 into it and it went down to 400 and I had another card that I put 100 in and it went up, you know, to 1,200 or 400 or whatever. Um, I didn't know if you were getting at that people wouldn't, you know, is that one way, I guess, that you're saying to determine a collector is the people that don't sell no, that no, I'm was, just saying that people, when, they, when you think about buying and selling, I think that it's not this, it's not a stock. It's not a ubiquitous market where... It's so easy I look at to it more sell overall than individual. Well, like, I don't well, no, that's thing, but on an individual sale, like, again, that's what I'm saying, like offers and stuff. Like if you, yeah. like eBay works, Hey, I put a card up for hundred. Somebody can offer me something. If I let have offers and my desire to sell that is almost entirely based on what I paid for the card and not, not what uh, necessarily market. I mean, obviously market value comes into play, but it's less. So you were talking about two cards. Like, let's say I bought a card for a thousand and it went to a hundred. 
or it went to 500, right? From 1,000 to 500. But another card that went from 100 to 500. So they're both worth 500. If you offered me 400 for both cards, I'm not selling the one I bought for 1,000 for 400. But the one that I bought for 100, I would. Even though the market value is exactly the same, the emotion of being up and wanting to cash out and being like, whatever, is, is, is entirely different than when you're down or if you bought something. So that's what's happening with Top Shot in a really weird way is the people like myself, who I'm down $800 on this Westbrook from 1,200 to 400, but it was all free money to begin with. I don't mind selling it for 420 bucks and getting that money. For people who bought it I mean, at 1,200 right. with real money or even, even half real money. And now they're like down from, you know, they, they doubled their account and then they bought the Westbrook. So they really paid 600 for it, but now it's 400 and they're like, what the hell? They're more likely to hold, even though they're only down 200 bucks. Yeah, it's just, it really well, people depends. Are, are, it's something it that I'm on, with cardboard is cutting losses, right? Is 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 cutting losses? Is is yeah. you, you always think you buy great, so it's just the market's got to correct to the point yeah, where yeah. it proves that you're great. And I'm trying to uh, like prove that. Like I've got I'm sitting on three of these, right? These Skywalker sevens. That seven. Uh, what are they at right now? What's five? that? What's that? How much are they right now? Five. Five thousand. Five hundred. Yeah. They're they're going. You can get them for like eight hundred bucks. Oh, they're like, not. They're not. They didn't break a grand yet. Seven. No, they were. Oh, two seven. They seven, were seven. two thousand okay. seven. So the eights. The eights were. Well, an eights were an eight. So I'll give you a quick. So the, the sevens yeah, were two grand. I bought one at twelve hundred because I was like, that's a steal. And yeah. then they, I bought one for eight hundred because I didn't think I was buying it. I was like, shit, if it's gonna go for eight hundred, I'll buy it. The next week I bought it. I bought one for six hundred. So I bought them, you know, so I bought three of them. You bought the range, yeah. Market's like 850, again, auctions versus sales. So like, but I don't want to cut my losses and get out of it because, but I should, right? Like, I mean, I don't need three of them. I could, you know, so because of the fact that I bought one at, at 11, whatever it was, I won't sell one at a thousand. Like, it's just stupidity. The thing worth mentioning as well that I didn't think of a minute ago is that the fact that your money is dapper dollars and not dollars also played into that plays into this. Yeah. You're willing yeah, to yeah, sell okay, versus yeah. not sell, but yeah. Well, again, if, if listen, if I could press a button and get out of this card for a thousand, I would do it. Right. Like, I mean, if this is the one that I bought for 11, 1200, I would take my losses, but then that's another thing with cardboard. It's a complicated process Buy, sell, you know, eBay fees, ship the shit, all this. It's like, Back you know, it, it complicates it. That's, that's both good and bad for Top Shot, which is, you know, any of those problems, any of that stuff, but that's what causes even quicker rises and quicker, quicker falls because there's, there is no, no, no kind of holding it back. But all right. So let's, let, let's call it from Top Shot now. Again, I appreciate you um, filling us in. It's a, I'm very happy that you were able to make more money. Uh, I mean, make a bunch of money in there. I would tell you, if you got 80,000 top shot moments, I would dump half of those immediately. That's my opinion. Um, I, I tried. I, I have that? about 30,000. I have about 30,000, maybe 25,000 listed. Oh, okay. Cause no, I mean, my, that's my, my opinion is this is not long short, like short term. I think the market is shit. Um, long term. I think there could be a great market. I think sure. uh, like any but, other market, I think the best you, stuff will be yeah. worth money. Well, we're going to go ahead and end it here. Me and Jake uh, end up talking for a few hours more. Maybe I'll put that out later, but uh, we didn't want the episode to run more than an hour. And um, we were done covering most of the NFTs and 
uh, Star Wars cards and all the other stuff. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really like having on guests and uh, I hope to have on more guests in the future. So thanks for tuning in. This is Michael Hofeld, the schmuck, the Fishgate King, whatever the hell you want to call me. Have a wonderful day.